It's time now for the complete story with Rich Bot, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich Bot with today's complete story. Hi, folks. This is Rich Bot with a special edition of the complete story broadcast. We have in our studio a special guest that is an expert on revival. And no doubt you've been reading and hearing about the incredible revival taking place at Asbury University in Kentucky. We want to talk about that, and we want to talk about several other things that relate to that. But uh, with us we have Pastor Malachi O'Brien, and uh, frequently he's referred to as Dr. Run. Malachi, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on the broadcast. One of the reasons why I know this is so important is because it's the fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. So I have no doubt as we share some stories today, some people are going to be stirred and they're going to want what's happening in Asbury to happen where they are. First of all, explain Dr. Run. Tell us about your quest right now. Absolutely. Now, so Dr. Run's not because I've got a multiple personality disorder. That's not the case <laughs> at all. It's kind of this alter ego I created for this, um, this challenge that actually the Lord called me to. On October the 7th, 2022, I began to run a marathon distance every single day. I didn't really know how far I was going to go, but I knew I wanted to break the men's Guinness World Record. And I wanted to run to bring awareness to two main things, which now I'm bringing awareness to a third main thing, which is revival. But I wanted to bring awareness to foster care and adoption because that's a huge, massive deal for our family and to youth mental health. But every day, rain, sleet, snow, good weather, bad weather, minus 20 below, you name it, I've been hitting the streets running a marathon distance every single day. And for those of us that don't know, I know it's a long ways. What is a marathon distance? Absolutely. A marathon distance is 26.2 miles. And I've done a little bit extra every day just to be on the safe side. So I've done at minimum 26.2 every day. So you you have to document this. And then at the end of your quest, whenever you decide I'm not going to run another one, that's it. You're You're still doing this. I think today you told me you just finished about an hour ago before you came into the studio run number 134. Exactly. Marathon 134. I have to video record the entire run according to Guinness's rules. I have to take a picture every mile according to Guinness's rules and I have to create a daily log. So even this conversation that we're having right now, because we're even talking about it, will go into the log that Guinness World Records is going to receive. So I'm excited that we're doing this for that reason. Yes, absolutely. Well, God bless you. And thank you for bringing attention to revival. Now, as you're running this incredible marathon distance every day with such endurance, there's an incredible marathon revival taking place at Asbury University in Kentucky, at Wilmore, Kentucky. Tell us about that, if you would. Absolutely. On February the 8th, a chapel service started at Asbury University. I believe it was either 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., and that chapel service has not stopped. And so there have been, it started with just a handful of students in the chapel, 30 of them, The worship team kept playing. Some students stayed. And then a few hours later, the president of the university sends out an email to the students about what's going on. And students begin to run around campus saying, you've got to go to the chapel. God's moving on our campus. And it has not stopped day or night. And people from all over the country now are flocking to that campus to experience the revival. And other countries, Brazil, Israel, every state, other campuses, people are coming from everywhere in droves. I saw a video of a line 
that went for looked like a half a mile of people just waiting to get into Hughes Auditorium there at Asbury University. And this is a university that played a central role the last time we had a great revival across our country, which would have been about 1970. And uh, there was a massive revival that took place at Asbury. Absolutely. As, the Asbury Revival of 1970 is, is considered by many the start, the physical start, the external start of the Jesus movement, which I'm sure you'll mention this here in a little bit about the movie that's coming out yes. here really, really soon. But February the 3rd, 1970, people can go to YouTube. There are documentary films on this, actual news footage on this of a chapel service that went seven straight days. And from that, 2,000 students went across the nation in evangelism teams and sharing the gospel. And everywhere students would go from their campus to churches, revival would break out. I mean, this went, and they would say this, this, this revival had a greater effect in the Baptist world than it maybe did the Methodist world. But Students went to Liberty University, and God moved. They went to Southwestern Seminary, and God moved. Everywhere they went, the fire went. And uh, Asbury has uh, Wesleyan roots. So we have a clip we want to uh, uh, play right now for you to get a little more information about that 1970 revival. Have you ever thought that you knew something, only to find out that you didn't really know it in the deepest extent? And what you've experienced so far is just the tip of the iceberg? Sometimes we're going, going, going through life, not expecting anything out of the ordinary, pretty content with where we're at. When something happens that gets our attention and causes us to rethink our assumptions, conclusions, or even our sincerity of belief. What are those things that we think we know deep down, but have yet to scratch the surface of and really experience? Where are we fooling ourselves and how do we realize it? How do we go deeper? One morning in 1970 in the Hughes Auditorium, students and faculty at Asbury College in Kentucky came to a regular chapel service. God was going to make himself known in a way that would impact the rest of their lives and influence hundreds of other campuses and communities across the nation. Oh, Malachi, now here we are 53 years later, and I can't help but believe the Lord is doing this again. Absolutely. The reality is God wants every generation to experience a great movement of his spirit. Now, there's some wonderful coincidences, which I believe are divine appointments, because next week is the collegiate day of prayer. And where are they planning? Where had they already planned a year before to host it this year? They had planned a year before to host it in Hughes Auditorium at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, not knowing that they were going to be having it in, in the midst of revival, which is just the way. I like it when God does those kind of things. So that's the Collegiate Day of Prayer, Thursday, February 23rd. And here's some information about that. When believers unite in prayer, everything changes. Throughout American history, our college campuses have repeatedly been transformed by seasons of spiritual awakening. The key to these collegiate awakenings was fervent, united prayer. In 1823, every major denomination and university in America agreed to set aside the last Thursday of February as a day of united prayer for colleges. Both young and old came together to pray for God to change the future of a whole generation. They saw college students as the future of their churches, their culture, their society, and believed values found on college campuses would become the values of America. 
This perspective moved them to pray with two main goals, a spontaneous move of the Holy Spirit throughout the student body in America and the triumph of the gospel throughout the unreached world. As a result, by the end of the 19th century, the outpouring of the Spirit on college campuses revolutionized some of our largest public universities. And God heard their cry. Lives were changed. Whole campuses were swept into the presence of God. That generation changed the course of history. Alakai, how did this uh, collegiate day of prayer begin? Again, 200 years ago, they were just burdened for the condition of a generation in America. And if you were to read reports of how the generation was living, it would sound like they were reading from something going on right here, right now. But some individuals got burdened and said, the only thing we can do is pray. And that small little prayer gathering 200 years ago, I believe it was at Yale or maybe another university, sparked a great movement of God that continues even to this day. My goodness. And you can get more information, folks, uh, about the Collegiate Day of Prayer by going to collegiatedayofprayer.org. Collegiate Day of Prayer. I mean, let me spell that. C-O-L-L-E-G-I-A-T-E, collegiatedayofprayer.org. And, and let me encourage people, go there, because what you can do is you can adopt a campus. You can adopt a campus to pray for on that day. So whether it be your alma mater or whether it be where your kids attend or your grandkids attend, adopt a school and commit to pray on that day. And there is going to be a national broadcast. Rich, you may want to say something about that next next Thursday night. That's right. Um, next Thursday night, which is the, the Collegiate Day of Prayer, there's a couple of things happening there. As I, as I look at this, there is a, a nationwide simulcast Thursday night. Let's see here. Um, 8 to 10 Eastern Time, which is 7 to 9 Central Time, uh, 5 to 7 Pacific Time. But for two hours, prayer from college campuses across the country centered on Asbury. Absolutely. A couple years ago, we had that in Kansas City. We hosted it at UMKC. Uh, Pastor Ronnie Floyd was with us at that time, oh. and he helped lead that year's gathering. But I believe there's something significant about this year's gathering in the midst of revival. I would not miss it if I was listening to this program. I would make sure I was tuning in on that night. Well, we'll be promoting that on Bot Radio Network. And in fact, we'll be providing uh, live video coverage on our video services that we have on uh, mobile devices, your phone, your Apple iPod, I mean uh, iPad and uh, other devices. You'll hear more about that here uh, from Bot Radio Network next week, or this week, rather, as this is being broadcast. But this is just thrilling what the Lord is doing in our generation, in our time. And so we've got the Asbury Revival, we've got the Collegiate Day of Prayer, and also this week, this Friday, is the Jesus Revolution film is going to be released. And uh, we've been talking about that for a long, long time with uh, Greg Laurie, and it's about the start of the Jesus Revolution as it manifested itself out on the West Coast and then swept across the country that way. There's no way the Irwin brothers that produced this movie or even Greg Laurie, who, him and his wife Kathy, that have been part of it, could have ever imagined that it would have fallen to, to release on the week of the Collegiate Day of Prayer or that there would be revival sweeping the nation. I love it how God sends those surprises. So this is about Chuck Smith, mm -hmm. Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, mm -hmm. and how they began to embrace these young people that, that were hippies, 
in search of truth and how they began to witness to them and they invited them into church and they they got saved and they had huge baptisms in the Pacific Ocean and Maranatha music started as a result of that, but just a tremendous revival that still is impacting lives today through through preachers like Greg Laurie. Mm-hmm. 100%. Chuck Smith, again, his church was dying, um, but the Lord wanted to rescue a generation. And sure enough, he did. And then the churches that were embraced this saw a massive growth. I mean, Southern Baptists saw their greatest season of baptisms and salvations during that time. I believe that was the f- season in which we saw a church baptize over a thousand young people in one year. And so that season forever changed denominations and even changed nations. And I- I'll just be honest with you, not every church received it because even in revival rich, there are critics. I sure hope people will take less time to analyze and more times to celebrate what's going on. Now, what I love about radio is it is the theater of the bind. So we're going to play for you the trailer for this film, The Jesus Revolution, and you can imagine it in your mind's eye. From Kingdom Story Company comes Jesus Revolution. If you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. You will find forgiveness and freedom right here. Jesus Revolution. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Early access February 22nd. In theaters everywhere beginning February 24th. More information is at JesusRevolution.movie. Man alive. Praise God. Praise God. We've got... This week, we've got the uh, Asbury Revival taking place, the Collegiate Day of Prayer. We've got the Jesus Revolution film. And Malachi O'Brien is running a marathon every day. Every single day. <laughs> for revival now. For revival. Uh, yes, for revival. And uh, what, a, what a marathon revival they're having at Asbury. And we just pray that that is a flame that spreads all across our nation. Let me, let me share with our listeners uh, what I pulled off of uh, the Asbury website uh, to give a little context. I love history. Because we're not the first generation to appear on the landscape. The Lord has been moving through people that lived and died before our time. We just want to be sure that we finish well. Asbury University is named after Methodist leader Francis Asbury, 1745 to 1816, who was only 26 when he came to evangelize the American colonies. He became a leader of the Second Great Awakening. So when we talk about another Great Awakening, this is what we're referring to. It's estimated that he traveled 270,000 miles on horseback, preaching and planting Methodist churches. But circuit riding wasn't glamorous. Prior to 1847, more than half of Methodist circuit riders died before the age of 30 because of animal attacks, exposure to bad weather, and the hardships of travel. Their sacrifice was a seed that died in the ground and produced a massive spiritual harvest. Praise God for their faithfulness. Francis Asbury's life was marked by white-hot spiritual fervor. After being sent to our shores by John Wesley, hmm, Asbury wrote, quote, we must reach every section of America, especially the raw frontiers. We must not be afraid of men, devils, wild animals, or disease. Our motto must always be forward, like a modern Joshua. 
Asbury possessed the land, and in spite of his frequent ailments, he never married, perhaps because he knew his sacrificial lifestyle would be difficult for a wife. He also was so loved by his Christian brethren that more than 20,000 people followed his coffin when he was buried in Virginia after his death at age 70. Asbury University is named after this giant of faith. I think it's fitting that the revival that erupted last week on the campus also reminds us of Francis Asbury. I'm not listening to religious critics who are skeptical of the music being sung at the revival or worried about emotionalism or which translation of the Bible is being used or which denominations are represented in the audience. God, please forgive us for the cold, heartless Phariseeism that quenches the Holy Spirit. Francis Asbury would have been thrilled to see young people repenting and worshiping Jesus. May this holy fire spread to the world, and may an army of young Francis Asbury's be sent out to claim the nations for Jesus. And uh, that was written by a gentleman named Lee Grady. Well, thank you for that, Lee. Malachi, what would you add to that? Isn't that powerful? That's stirring. And and I I would add to that that it gives you the idea that revival goes from the room to the streets, as a friend of mine, Greg Steer, likes to say. Because one of the marks is evangelism is a natural outflow of when God moves in his people. And and so I, I think that it shows you that revivals birth men, ministry, and movements. And for whatever reason, God has chosen to visit that university, that campus, time and time again, because I'm sure there are prayers we've never seen that has gone on before us and during our lifetime there. So I would just add, you don't have to go there for revival. God can send it right where you are. Well, I would like to say... Uh, Revive us again. Yes. That is our prayer, and here is a song to sing about it. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, find the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, find the glory, revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for the Spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah. Find the glory, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, find the glory, revive us again. Revive us again, O Lord, that's our prayer. Malachi, um, you are going to be going to uh, Asbury next week. Uh, You're going to run around the campus, I believe. 
I am. And pray. I, and pray. And believe. And, and honestly, probably get touched by God from just being there. Yeah. And so I'm actually excited to go there and run for revival on campus. I call it the running road show. So the running road show is going to Asbury. Now, we're talking to listeners from a wide variety of different um, uh, church backgrounds and experiences. Uh, what does revival look like? What, what are you expecting to see when you go to Asbury? What's happening? Well, I'll give you reports I've heard already, but I'll also just give a very simple answer. Revival looks like Jesus ah. because the Holy Spirit makes much of Jesus. Throughout history, there's been experience-centered revivals, which a lot of more of our charismatic Pentecostal friends would attest to. And there's been word-centered revivals that our mainline evangelical Baptist friends would attest to. But some of the commonalities has always been vibrant singing. Mm-hmm. One of the commonalities has always been repentance and just the adoration of Jesus Christ. Those are commonalities in most every revival, but simply stated, revival looks like Jesus. Something I read was that they don't even put the words of the songs up on the screen. Everybody just knows it and sings it from their heart. And that, and again, again, it, during the Welsh revival, the, the Welsh people were a singing people, and that's they would just break into spontaneous song. And so that's always been, especially of the Jesus movement, music was a major part of it. And one of the famous hymns of the revival season of, of last latter years was obviously the song we just heard, Revive Us Again. But one of the songs was Nothing Between My Soul and the Savior. Because when, when you have nothing between your soul and the Savior, you can experience revival personally. Now, talk about that. I saw one of your Facebook posts and you said, remember, folks, you can have your own personal revival. Absolutely, because people may go, I can't get to Wilmore, Kentucky. I can't get to Asbury, and they feel like they're missing out. Personal, a nationwide corporate revival is a supernatural sovereign touch of God. We don't know when or where he's going to do it. I will say this. Revival's not the Christian lottery. We're not waiting for the Powerball from heaven to fall. <laughs> it's our inheritance. Yes. It's our inheritance. Our nation was forged in revival. Before our nation was founded, the first great awakening took place as our is our toddler nation is getting its feet off the, off the ground, the second great awakening takes place. Right before the Civil War, the prayer revival of 1857, 1858 takes place. So for people at home that go, but I can't get there, all they need to do is just say, Lord, I want revival. Would you revive me? And he will. And you say, how do I, how do I have that? Repent of any known sin. Just thank through any known sin and then just confess Jesus as Lord. You're in control. And I want you to lead my life. I mean, Rich, me, even me personally, as a pastor, as a leader, as someone who studies revival, this revival has caused me to repent of my sin, my lack of prayer, my lack of being as concerned for revival as I had been in the past. It's caused me to come back. And pray to ask the Lord to search your heart and reveal any hidden sins that might be there. And, uh, and he'll bring them up. Absolutely. He's faithful. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. Now, um, so we can have a personal revival. People aren't going to—most people won't be able to go to Asbury, uh, but maybe they can have a personal revival, start a revival in their own area. But, I mean, you really need the Holy Spirit to start the revival. And also another thing, you mentioned singing, but it's also based on the Word of God, isn't it? Every single time. And again, it's just the Word— the, the, the promises of the Word of God. He said his coming, the Old Testament prophet said his coming is as sure as the sun rises in the morning. So if you see the sunrise, that's a promise that his coming is that way. So how do we have revival? Like, I think it was Hosea that said, break up your fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord. 
And so I'll tell you for people that really just to go, but I, what else? What else? Read revival stories. Go see the Jesus Revolution. Yes. Those things will stir you to want more. Read old books on prayer, E.M. Bounds, Leonard Ravenhill. Watch what that'll do for your life. Now, every major revival is preceded by a movement of prayer. And you may be familiar with the song. It's an old one, Sweet, Sweet Spirit, Mm -hmm. written by Doris Akers. And she tells the story of how this song came out of a choir practice. And as they were praying in choir practice, they, they just... Were, were led to continue to pray and worship the Lord together. And finally, they said, we've got to leave now because the service is about to begin. But she said, there's such a sweet, sweet spirit here. And that later that night, she began to write that song. And here it is. the Doris Akers song. That is Sweet, Sweet Spirit. And uh, this has been a sweet, sweet time fellowshipping with you, Pastor Malachi. Thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. Thank you for your incredible endurance uh, with this marathon world record. I hope it encourages people that the impossible is possible, whatever they're thinking about or praying about. And honestly, the most important things are the spiritual things for the lost to be found, for God to do a work. And and I, I would love to leave the audience with this. What is better than a revival meeting is a revived life. Uh-huh. And that's what I pray people get from this. Yeah, we're not talking about just a meeting. You know, people say we're going to have a revival at our church and it happens from this time to that time and then it's over. We're talking about people really getting spiritually revived uh, in their in their life and in their soul and in their relationship, their commitment to Jesus. A lot of people are getting saved. Absolutely. And the revived life is the normal Christian life. It's how we were meant to live. That's how God designed for us. Uh, the Asbury Revival taking place right now, and you can get more information on on that at uh, the, uh, what is it, asburyedu, asbury.edu, the college website there. And then there's the Collegiate Day of Prayer that's coming up this Thursday, February 23rd. Go to collegiatedayofprayer.org. We're going to have information about this all on, on our Bot Radio Network website as well. And then this Friday, February 24th, the Jesus Revolution film coming to a theater near you. Use that as an opportunity to witness to your friends as well. Bring somebody that doesn't know Jesus to that film with you. Malachi, thank you for being with us in our studio. God bless you folks, and let's keep praying for a Great Awakening-style revival. Amen. Amen.